0: Hello beautiful woman. Welcome to the Root Womb Collective Podcast. My name is Haley. I am a holistic womb healer and women's mentor on a mission to guide women just like you back home to your body, womb, cycle, and the earth. In this space, we explore a variety of topics as it relates to womb health, cyclical living, womanhood. Feminine embodiment, nourishment, and living our lives as radiant, purposeful women. I am honored that you are here. Thank you for elevating and amplifying the sacred feminine heartbeat. Now, let's get to the show. Hello friends, beautiful women, hello, hello, welcome to the Root Womb Collective podcast. This is your host Haley, I am a holistic womb healer and a women's mentor and I'm really excited to share another guest interview today with the incredible Paris Hodges. Paris is a cyclical living guide assisting those who seek to reclaim their sovereignty through deep alignment of the menstrual cycle. Paris's passion is to merge the worlds of science and spirit through the understanding of minerals and the hormones which impact how we move through the world. (sighs) This is an episode that I have been holding on to for probably about six weeks or so, and I just re-listened to it yesterday and was just in awe as to how much wisdom and information that Paris shared with us around the interconnection between minerals and hormones. So if you have been in the natural or alternative health space, you've most likely heard of the impact of minerals on the body and how mineral repletion and restoration is really important. You know, I speak a lot about the importance of restoring our minerals post-birth control because a lot of times when we have been on birth control for a long time, our mineral stores are really depleted. But truth be told, I don't feel like minerals have gotten the credit that they deserve until now. And I really see Paris as being a leader in this movement, this movement within the alternative natural health space. And I kind of want to just quote alternative because to me, what we call alternative medicine and alternative health care is really just embodied health. It is natural, organic, sustainable health care for our bodies. The allopathic Western system is not natural for our bodies. So alternative as in quotations, because to me, this is the actual true path of vital healthcare. But anyways, I really see Paris as being a leader within the alternative health space when it comes to speaking about the essential nature of minerals and how they are truly the foundation of our health, the foundation of our physical bodies. And through this episode, I'm so grateful that she came onto the podcast because Paris really goes into her own health journey and how so many of her own chronic conditions, the root cause of them was from mineral deficiency, which was a result of restriction and dieting and long-term eating disorders. And many of you guys know my story. If you don't, uh, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) But I myself struggled with um, bulimia and orthorexia and disordered eating patterns for a long time as well, which you'll hear in the episode was a really large part of Paris's story growing up. And these patterns, these disordered eating patterns have really caused long-term challenge within the body from this mineral level, from this deep-rooted foundational level. Because when our bodies aren't getting the core system of nutrients that they need, which through Paris's perspective is minerals, which I feel very in resonance with, then we aren't able to really be in full vitality, right? Minerals are the foundation for our enzyme production, for our hormonal production. Everything relies upon minerals. <sighs> what I also love about this episode is the interwovenness between science and spirit. Science referring to the the knowledge, the academia behind this, the You know, the science behind the minerals and hormones and their influence. And all that to say, the science is just as important as the spiritual components of this. And Paris really weaves together some of the different energetic components of different minerals, which I find so fascinating. She speaks to magnesium carrying the frequency of joy and gratitude. And I love when we can kind of personify different elements, different nutrients within our bodies, because it supports us in being able to drop down into another layer of our bodies, into our emotional bodies, into our state of feeling to sense what is it that is really alive and present within our bodies and what is our body really in need of and she ties together this conversation with minerals which is so fascinating to me and I'm just really grateful to be able to have these conversations with people and to be opening a different perspective on true embodied feminine health for you guys. Paris also speaks a lot to some of the most nutrient dense mineral foods which are going to be these high quality animal foods. And as you probably know again either through following me through listening on this podcast, I am definitely a a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A proponent of more of a traditional ancestral based way of eating. In the work that I do with women surrounding their womb health and fertility and menstrual cycles, it's almost always the women who have restricted high-quality animal protein and high-quality animal products who have some of the most challenging menstrual cycles and womb health challenges. Not always, but it is a theme that I have witnessed throughout my time of serving the female body. I believe I spoke about this in an episode and now I'm not remembering what episode it is. Um, if I remember, I will make sure to put it in the show notes. But anyways, she speaks to some of the most nutrient-dense animal foods that contain the most minerals. And we kind of go into this inside of the conversation a little bit. But I want to just elaborate on it again and as well, which is that it does require a shift in our mindset and a shift in our ability to nourish ourselves in this capacity when we are choosing to invite in this much nourishment into our bodies. And so I really want to remind you that if you are on your own womb and cycle and feminine healing journey, to take everything we say really slowly and to integrate it into your life in a way that feels natural for you, that feels intentional, that feels true to your own system. When we are on this journey of healing and replenishing, we must remember to move slowly, slowly tending to our health is such deep medicine. So I am going to leave it at that. I really enjoyed this episode. There's a lot of knowledge here. Paris has a lot of information over on her social channel, which will be linked into the podcast. And we also speak about something in the episode fairly early on about the root cause protocol and we speak about Morley Robbins and Morley Robbins is a brilliant man who is the founder and creator of the root cause protocol, which is kind of its own system of medicine, as as you could say. And inside of the root cause protocol, they have what is called the starts and the stops. And this is essentially kind of like a starting place For beginning to integrate more mineral density into your life. And so we mentioned that in the podcast episode. And I want you to know um, that I'm going to link in the episode. I say I'm going to link the PDF in the show notes. But I'm not going to do that because I don't have permission to do that through the root cause protocol. So what I'm going to do instead is if you want those starts and those stops. I'm going to link the root cause protocol website so that you can go through them to get the download, okay? I have that download. It's really supportive. It can provide us a really good foundational place to begin when we are beginning to integrate these nutrient-dense foods back into our life. And with that being said, please sit back, relax, receive and enjoy this episode with paris hodges Eris, welcome to the root Loom collective podcast i am really excited to just learn more from you surrounding minerals and their connection to our hormones and the menstrual cycle so thank you so much for being here
1: thank you Haley such a pleasure to
0: be here Mm -hmm. yes Uh, as I was sharing I'm personally really excited for this conversation I have been wanting to just sit with you and chat and and learn more from you for a really long time uh, really around the interconnection between minerals and hormones and the menstrual cycle. And I feel like the realm of minerals really boomed over the last six months, at least it seems on, on Instagram and social media. And uh, you are one of the main people that I follow within that space. And, you know, I study nutrition in college and I feel like minerals were talked about for such a small amount of time, uh, given their mass importance in our overall health and vitality. So just to start, I would love for you to share, you know, more about your story and how you really got into the realm of work that you are in.
1: Mm. How much time do we have? (laughs) Plenty. (laughs) This is, I, I mean, I always joke that clearly this work began while I was floating around in the cosmic soup of life and decided that these were the the wounds and um, karma that I was going to come here to, to work through and to hopefully alchemize. But a lot of my journey began uh, when I was quite young. I ended up um, contracting meningitis, which there's a lot of like kind of fascinating information that I've been unfolding even within that uh, when I was approximately six or seven months old. And um, more pieces that I've learned like through this is my my mom had experienced three miscarriages before even my birth. And I am uh, one of four. I'm number three in the line. And so um, I definitely like, came into the world, like, through a, a mom who was doing the best that she could, but obviously quite clearly had mineral deficiencies, um, you know, at no fault to her, and then was uh, fed formula, like, about actually rice cereal at that point in time is what the doctors were recommending wild, at, starting at uh, six weeks, and so, like, the iron fortification that I was given at even a really young age clearly impacted my body as a whole. And throughout my childhood, I experienced um, what I would refer to as like gushing bloody noses. They would, they would last well over 20 minutes. Um, The only answers that any doctors ever had was simply to carterize the, the blood vessels in my nose. Like, so essentially to to burn them. Um, luckily my parents never moved through with that. And soon, um, around the time that I went through puberty and started having a menstrual cycle, the nosebleeds stopped, Mm. of course. And so, um, I then around that time ended up shifting my life into a really distorted pattern around food, because as my hormones shifted, um, my my body just had a really challenging time adapting to that. And my mental state was also fairly skewed. And so around my sophomore year of high school, I began experimenting with um, bulimia and anorexia around, this was like still in the decently like early years of the internet. And so there were there wasn't a lot of things blocked at all. And pro Mia and pro Anna sites were like huge. And so you could like go and search lots of waifed women. And um, so anyways, that became a a huge part of my life um, in high school. And something that I thought that I had like, kind of overcome in a way, but I experienced a fairly debilitating injury my going into my junior year of of high school and I was a I was ended up graduating with 12 letters like uh varsity uh sport letters so I was like my life revolved around athletics and um in like every way shape or form which is kind of what contributed to the the distorted eating and um body dysmorphia. And I had what doctors refer to as compartmental syndrome, which is essentially like carpal tunnel, um, of the, the arm, but in the, the leg. And what ends up happening is that the fascia is so stagnant and stuck that it won't allow the muscles to expand. So instead they start to expand or they start to contract inward and cut off the blood circulation and the nerve um, and then the, any of the, the nerves as well. And so your, your feet go numb and then it can end up being a pretty like life threatening, um, thing to have occur because like you cut off the the circulation of one of your main arteries and you're just asking for problems. Generally, it's an acute injury that you'll see with individuals like who are in a say motorcycle accident where they end up, um, going through like a major contusion. So like their leg slams on the ground and then they have this like major swelling. Mm -hmm. And so that to me is a really amazing reflection of just the way that I moved through the world too. I was so contracted and rigid. And of course, in the allopathic Western world, their answer, um, was to simply, cut the fascia to release the pressure. <laughs> so I ended up going through a fasciotomy my senior year of high school. And, um, what was supposed to be a six week, uh, recovery ended up taking like six months. And, um, the deal that we had made with my parents, all of us kids was was that the only way that they would pay for our schools if we lived at home and though growing up in the bay area of california where you're really fortunate to be surrounded by so many amazing institutions you know indoctrination thoughts aside um i i really wanted to go away i mean you know as a kid in high school all of your friends are going away and like there's this stigma behind it that like i definitely allowed myself to be pulled into that if you live at home and live in your hometown, it means that you're going nowhere with your life, right? Like that's the sort of vocabulary, um, that is shared. And I didn't want to do that. I've always been one with a a heart that like wants to explore and to live in other places. I get <laughs> <a> cabin fever <laughs> quite, quite easily, And, um, so I ended up, this is around the time that, uh, the eating disorder really shifted and became incredibly prevalent in my life because it, all I saw was like my ticket out. And part of that was that I needed to quite literally work my butt off on the track, um, to write that ticket. Mm -hmm. And, and so this is already like very much painting the picture of the relationship that I had with my body, which was essentially non-existent outside of a really abusive, um, orientation where it was like power through everything, suck it up, like work harder. Mm -hmm. And that was real, realistically, a lot of the, um, the messaging that I would give myself Um, Of course, (laughs) you can't, you can't push a body to that extreme without eventually creating a lot of problems. And that's exactly what I did. Um, And from that point on, a lot of my, you know, though it was a fairly successful collegiate career in uh, track and cross country, I was incredibly sick. Like it was kind of like the joke of the cross-country team like oh Paris is sick again Mm -hmm. and like I was consistently injured my body was so damn tight (laughs) like there it it, it's a really beautiful reflection to look back now it's something that I'm still very much integrating in a lot of different ways of like oh wow my body's been screaming at me like for forever Mm -hmm. and um learning to really like take responsibility that and to really alchemize a lot of the beautiful teachings. But um, anyways, I ended up experiencing, I was engaged in college, ended up experiencing my first miscarriage, um, which led me down in a whole entire other path. But, you know, the beautiful, some of the beautiful gifts in having such distorted eating patterns is that I was hyper aware of any time that I was going to be eating anything or nourishing myself that I didn't want it to contribute to me feeling worse, if that makes sense. And so, um, I did spend an awful lot of time studying nutrition. Like the human body was something that had always fascinated me, even from the time that I was incredibly young in elementary school, I would spend a lot of time on, on the computer studying like the spine and the all of our veins and it just was it, to me and I didn't grow up in a religious household to me the the human body was a precise example of there being a divine creator because of just how complex the human body is and it was quite quite literally that first like entry point, um, for me into really like deepening and expanding my relationship with spirit and the universe. And so it was, it, it was something that captivated me from a young age and that, um, captivation continued over into my adult life. Um, and so through a lot of illnesses, I mean, I, I had mono multiple times, which they claim that you you can't have. And like I then went through this entire season where they thought that I had leukemia, they thought that I had lupus. I was then diagnosed with endometriosis to such a degree that I was told that I may never be able to conceive. And then a few months later I ended up pregnant with my with my now my current son. And um that was probably one one of the next moments that really completely shifted my entire life is that, like i um that child definitely saved me in a lot of ways, and I'm incredibly grateful. Um, however, like I still was in the grasp of the eating disorder, and postpartum experienced um mental decline so severe that I would quite literally, like, forget where I was what I was talking about. um, I would complete, I couldn't remember any words. It's, it's been like still a delicate dance for me to like really come back from, but I would spend a lot of time seeking answers and most answers that any practitioner ever had or any like mom group forum that I was a part of was simply, it was either crickets or it was, oh, well, you know, that's pregnancy brain. I'm like, but I'm a year postpartum. <laughs> like at what point does this start to come back? And realistically, I was so damn depleted in every capacity. Um and so, anyways, like to journey on um a lot of my life over the next, geez, what would that have been like four? four years or so um was just utter chaos and in a lot of a, a lot of craziness and it was right around the time of my 30th birthday that I finally decided I was offered a really potent gift from an individual who um really called me out on a lot of my bullshit and said I was on a date with an individual who um, is on the spectrum like in the Asperger's side of things. And he said, um, stop victimizing yourself. If you want your life to be different, you could quite literally change everything in an entire year. Mm -hmm. And um and then he handed me my first personal development book as well as like one of those like five minute journals. And um and I made a promise to myself to stop the binge and purge cycle. Um, however, I did that all completely on my own. And then unfortunately in a lot of those patterns, we really need community and a lot of support. And I still was in denial of a lot of other, um, harsh patterns that I was running that were in a similar reflection to that binge and purge cycle. And so still the the remaining, I guess it was nearly the next two years were complete chaos, which led to at the beginning of 2019, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer in 2018. Um, I had abnormal pap smears and cervical dysplasia, which then ended up shifting completely to the side of cancer. And I went in and had the procedure done. It was only stage one. Um, it hadn't gotten into my lymph nodes or and everything else. And, and then I continued to walk my life into really abusive patterns, reflective of the relationship that I had with myself until once again, I was gifted an incredibly impactful um, adjustment by an individual who refers to themselves as a clarity coach. And she said, girl, you are an addict to your core. You are addicted to chaos and you are addicted to challenge. And I can't work with you until you walk through a 12-step program. And that became one of the most potent pieces of advice and (laughs) reflections that I've received. And from that moment on, it really radically shifted my entire world and opened up a whole new landscape to me of what the world has to offer and where I was really being called to deeper levels both of integrity as well as then to learn my body and um this was now that was the end of 2019 and as we go into 2020 as the world came to a halt i was really fortunate that um a lot of my time was already spent in social media atmospheres and i found um the work of a woman named Jasmine Rose humble, wild wellness. And, um, it was early, uh, right about the beginning of that year too, that I had just shifted to using, um, a disc first, like to capture my menstrual blood, because up until this point, I still was, uh, experiencing incredibly debilitating menstrual cycles. Like that was a common theme throughout my life that never like completely shifted at all. I was losing nearly a pint of blood every single day for five or seven days. And it was around that time that it started to kind of like hear this whisper to like connect to that more. And I already had like incredible trust issues with the allopathic medicine world, which is part of like in my pursuit of the human body and understanding of nutrition and everything. Um, allowed me to take my health or my son's health into like my own hands. And I spent a lot of time researching different things, but I mean, any sort of connection to a feminine system was so outside of my, my comfort zone, much less like in my reality. And so the beginning of twenty twenty this started to show up a lot more. I started working with like my very first coach then was presented with Jasmine's work. And I walked into her program of rewrite your womb story. And um, it was a major portal for me, both in, you know, I was already on this path of overcoming the the distorted eating pattern and relationship with food, but I was still really restrictive in a lot of ways, if I'm being completely honest and was fighting quite a war with my body as well as with life and, um, actually pausing long enough to learn about the menstrual cycle and like what is going on in my, in my internal system really shifted my entire orientation, um, to life in general and started to, um, really open up an awful lot and i like to say the rest is essentially history but um luckily the journey continued and at the beginning of 2021 i was doing a self exam and had signs that uh cervical dysplasia was reappearing and i you know had got a bit scared and was like it's time to really like anchor down and get this stuff figured out. And my girlfriend, Nisia, who I met in that container, um, shared Morley's Robin's work with me. And, you know, one of the beautiful things in a female system is if we're really willing to pause long enough and listen, things pop up in our world before they end up like slapping us in the face right like I know you've worked with the entheogenic teachers and they say that the grandmother will she whispers and then she starts screaming at you and I find that there's a lot of things in life that do this exact same copper was one of those things I don't know exactly why but it was around December 2020 that I started hearing whispers of it like where I would like start getting pulled to lots of copper things and I was like this is this is kind of bizarre. Like I don't know why, but let's just go with this. And I was already doing um liver smoothies and eating liver and when morley's work came to me, um I was also beginning to like I had heard whispers of like look into the bloody noses you experienced as a child. Like there's more information here because it was a piece that like felt really open-ended um still like without I mean you know doctors said oh it's just allergies but I, I I'm one of those people that was never satisfied with an answer like that I was always like there's more here there's there is more and um I was on a drive back and an eleven hour drive back from um Arizona to California and ended up listening to nearly eleven hours straight of of Morley Robbins' um interviews, like with different podcasters. And it was like everything just really started to click for me in a lot of different ways. And he was one of the first people um who really began to personify the minerals like when he was talking about iron and the connection to fear and i was like oh this man gets it because it wasn't just simply a biological or physiological lens it was also looking at the um psycho psycho emotional component which to me is such a big part of it and as an individual who you know has been incredibly aware and offered many beautiful reflections to the deeper patterns behind things. I was also incredibly passionate about um, traditional Chinese medicine that looks at energetic emotional connection. And so it began to make a lot of sense um, for a lot of things that I had experienced. And on top of it, I was already doing most of the stuff that he discusses and that to me was um, sort of that internal check of like, Oh yes, this makes even more sense. Like I was already intuitively being drawn to most of these, these things. Um, And then, yeah, it just opened this giant door and or Pandora's box that I haven't, (laughs) I have no desire to close, but it's, it's completely uh, shifted my world
0: and reality. Mm, Thank you for sharing that beautiful intro. I love hearing women's stories for so many different reasons, but I think as I was just listening and, and receiving everything you were sharing Just feeling the inner connection between everything that you've moved through and being able now, it seems like where you are now, seeing it from this perspective of nothing is random. All of these things were bringing me to where I am today. And, Mm. you know, the bloody noses, the eating disorder, the endometriosis, all of these things, they're not random. They all have this inner connection. To them, and yeah, there's there's a lot of similarities between our stories that <laughs> we can dive into in another time. Uh, I am so fascinated by the work of Morley as well. I think he's just brilliant and speaks to so many things that seem obvious when you hear them, <laughs> but you're like, why isn't everyone else really? seeing it in this way or approaching health in this way. Uh, can you share just like a really kind of baseline foundation of his work and, you know, kind of the theory behind minerals and their impact within our bodies for those who may not know.
1: Yeah. Morley's work. This is always an interesting (laughs) synopsis to distill it realistically comes down to this foundational piece of that all disease began begins as mineral and metabolic dysfunction and furthering that um so his entry point into this all was through the world of magnesium which like started to shift a whole lot and then he started to ask the further question of why on a planet whose third most prominent element is iron are are so many people iron deficient anemic anemic Mm -hmm. and um he started to like dig into the research even further around that and began to like piece together that actually contrary to popular belief people aren't just deficient in iron which is a very hot topic on the internet these days it's it's more so a dysregulation of iron and the way that it's being chaperoned in the body um, as well as with oxygen and then how that is potentially contributing to oxidative stress and where are the missing pieces here which through his lens is the the relationship with copper which is needed to regulate iron, as well as then retinol, which is what helps make copper bioavailable, and um, so all of those pieces really kind of make up the foundation of this work, as well as then you know we can get into more of the like where we begin. This is in a stopping certain things. That are contributing to this dysfunction such as like consuming large amounts of seed oils using fluorinated um, tooth products uh, drinking common tap water um, and how the minerals that make up all of that are actually blocking um, copper and retinol as well as magnesium and potassium and sodium and how when we begin to dysregulate those needed pieces, we, our body, which is incredibly brilliant, will adapt. And when we adapt in these secondary healing mechanism ways, we create this entire shift in our system that it can't run off of in the long term, right? Like you can see that reflection even with like, the way that I treated my body when I was running on in this like very depleted extractive way well our body will replicate that but it there is a hierarchy to minerals inside of our system um, which is also foundational in the the root cause protocol work is that belief system around it and um, when we are relying on secondary mechanisms you know our body can't survive in the long term that way and so we will do things like create um inflammation which is a a healing mechanism so that our body can then like clear out dead cells um however if that switch is left on and we just continue to create nothing but inflammation in the system, it's what will potentially lead to things like cancers and um other adapt what I like to refer to as adaptions in the system.
0: And so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes me think just how resilient our bodies are, right? Because even when, we don't give our bodies the necessary building blocks for our own vitality it still somewhat knows what to do with it and it doesn't it doesn't create our most vibrant selves but we will still function and survive and I feel like so many people and and for a large part of my life this was me and it seems like for a large part of your life this was you too just more so living within a place of survival versus actually being in a place of vitality and radiance. So kind of the way that I guess I I think about it and the way that your work has really supported me in understanding it is that almost like minerals are the foundational pieces for our own health and hormones. And Way that I speak, especially about womb health and menstrual health, is that, you know, our womb is the center of our female body, right? Like everything is revolving around our cycle and our hormones and our womb and our pelvic bowl. And minerals are really the root of of that system as well. Uh, What do you or how do you share about the connection between minerals and menstrual health? Like what kind of things, I guess, can manifest? From a menstrual health perspective, if someone is mineral deficient or not consuming the right balance of those minerals that you were talking about, you're starting to get all yeah. <laughs> where to begin. <laughs>
1: um, I did a live with a dear friend of mine, Nicia Nelson, who I referenced earlier, on progesterone. And during that conversation, she very brilliantly in her artful way of, of sharing um, said minerals impact enzymes, enzymes impact hormones and hormones impact how we think and perceive the world around us. Right. So like you, like you shared minerals are the foundation and it, it." mind-blowing to me all the time how it's lost in the conversation especially in the western world when we're looking at like everyone is really hyper focused on what's happening on a hormone level without ever pausing long enough to go like "Wait, wait there's there's layers underneath it and in the esoteric world we hear often that quote of like as above so below as within so without and you know everything is such a reflection as to like what is what is occurring on those deeper levels right so we can't just stop at the hormones and go like well this is happening with estrogen and this is happening with progesterone Um, they're helpful pieces to look at what's happening underneath it all to go like, okay, now how do I reverse engineer this, right? Like if you work with a practitioner uh, to address your detox pathways that estrogen goes through, there's three detox pathways. They always work backwards, right? You start with phase three detox pathways before making your way to to number one, Um, because you can't, like if your drain is clogged, I think it's a uh, Dr. Carrie, her last name escapes me right now, but she always gives the analogy of the bathtub. Um, right. And so like if if an individual is experiencing just about anything, right? Like we have that the entire like Merck manual of diagnostic um I mean, some, some refer to this as a book of fiction, but any sort of labeling of symptomology realistically begins at that mineral level. Minerals are what drive all of our processes in the body. So no matter like how the body is adapting and showing up in different ways, right? Like very common menstrual, um, adaptations would be like endometriosis, PCOS, um, different degrees of hypothyroidism, hyperthyroidism. Um, They're, they're all related to what's happening on a mineral level. We can go even deeper than that. Like an individual who experiences any level of prolapse um, as well as fibroids, cysts, uh, you know, like it all, it all goes on. Um, these are all the ways that our body is attempting to help keep us alive. Um, while, while we, while we're existing.
0: Yeah. That's, that's so fascinating of, as just to how adaptive our body is and how, yeah, it will really manifest these symptoms as a cry out around a deeper imbalance. And that's why sometimes I feel like in the hormonal space, it's, it's less about like, how do we fix the estrogen and how do we fix the progesterone? It's the symptom, it's the cry. It's not the actual root of the problem itself. There is a deeper reason that that symptomology or that hormonal profile is emerging.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that this becomes the important piece in a fem in a feminine system too, Mm -hmm. is the recognition that we are cyclical beings. We're not, we exist in this very masculine linear landscape, um, I mean, I try to remove myself in as many ways as I can from that, not make that my personal reality. But the reality is, is that we do exist in a very masculine framework of of forward orientation. And the feminine system is created in a really beautifully reflective, as the way that nature weaves in all of her brilliance, cyclical manner. Mm -hmm. and. When we're looking at the way that the body adapts and begins to manifest some of these symptomologies, one of the very first things that is utilized whenever the body experiences stress, endogenous um, or external stress, like something that we're reading is stressful. The first thing to be utilized is magnesium, right? That is what the body uses as as ATP, as energy and how it's created, um however when magnesium is burned up and the body, you know, can no longer create energy and is now like creating exhaust and trying to clear exhaust. Um, and that is like what it's hyper focused on. This is where we begin that cascade of events. And so this become this always starts with some sort of stress on the system. And so like going back just a touch to that, like the female system is designed in a cyclical manner, not to run in this very linear, straightforward path. The more that we can return to the deep, like wisdom of our body and like slow down and honor each part of our cycle the more that we aren't going to exist in that space of resistance that causes the magnesium loss right i like to view this often how we how we adapt to stressors in our life is really reflective of the the relationship that we have like with our body um There was also a a conversation that I had with um, a woman, Lauren Bradley, that can be found on my page about the the mini ecosystem of minerals. And Lauren went through the RCP, I think it was nearly like five years ago. She's been, you know, one of Morley's students as well as like has really healed herself. But it was in our conversation that she discussed to her that magnesium holds this frequency of um joy and gratitude mm. which i think is like such a beautiful piece to begin to like weave into this all that um you know how we adapt to stress is really reflective then of that what what the rcp refers to as the magnesium burn rate like when we are faced with some sort of like challenge are we viewing this with like gratitude and joy or is the first thing to like panic and slip into that fear state Mm -hmm. that then our body begins to overcompensate um i like to i've currently been been diving very surface level into the the germanic new medicine world which i absolutely absolutely love and appreciate and there's so much complexity to it that i won't even pretend to understand but i think it's a really great example of like of how the body you can trace back to a particular time period when a symptom like occurs which is a healing um i think it it's the conflict like resolution that's occurring in the system too um but there is some sort of conflict that occurs originally right so then we can look at this from that very reflective sense with minerals as well as like you know if if magnesium holds that frequency of joy and gratitude. And when I am in a stressed state and I'm burning through magnesium to create energy, then, then that's when the symptoms end up occurring. Mm. And so, especially in a female system, the more that we can unwind from being in such a linear sense and really coming home to how we were created to be, the more I find that symptoms Begin to really resolve themselves
0: too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really appreciate you bringing forward the cyclicality of our nature and how, when we begin to listen and attune and shift our daily habits and routines and behaviors to match the cyclical rhythm that is our physiology, right? It is the way that our body is orienting to the world around us. And we can begin to live in harmony with this rhythm. We're naturally living in harmony more with our minerals. It seems like we're not, Mm -hmm. we're not reaching into that supply and taking more than what we need. Right. And, and I feel like I've kind of said this before in a similar way, just around how one of the best ways that we can tend to our hormonal health is to live in cyclical relationship to the different phases of our womb, yeah. Right. Cause when we're bleeding and we are in a state of hyperactivity and hyperawareness and trying to be super productive to what you were saying, it seems like we are really pulling our magnesium, magnesium stores. And then, you know, I'm sure cortisols going up from there. And then are there other minerals that begin to kind of lose their harmonic balance when magnesium is pulled too? Does does it kind of like destroy the whole ecosystem of our mineral foundation? Am I am I understanding that correctly? Oh. Completely. There's a
1: quote that I'll pull up that I think is a really good example of this. Um, But to, to say, here we go. So stress causes magnesium loss and magnesium loss causes electrolyte confusion. So this already is contributing to a whole downward shift of everything. Mm -hmm. Electrolyte confusion causes energy loss and then energy loss causes cell death or Mm -hmm. inflammation and fibrosis patches up the area with calcium. So you can already see like just in that like quote alone, the way that your body will begin to like shift everything internally um in order to like adapt and we could go into further detail about sodium and potassium and and then how the body like utilizes all of that and iron and um copper and retinol which we would need like so much more time (laughs) for but on a really like simplistic level right you addressed to, um, the way that cortisol, which is controlled, like with our adrenals, um, our adrenals need the sodium and potassium as well to nourish themselves, to help give us more energy also. So we're not just in that, those types of survival states that our bodies like overcompensating for. And I do think that there's a really important piece Within this conversation, back to that cyclical nature, that the more that we come into right relationship with how our body was created and right relationship with nature, the more that we tend to ourselves in a way that is in alignment. And we begin to like re nourish ourselves with animal food sources, and which are all of these minerally rich, nutrient dense ways of consuming and our ways of nourishing ourselves, not to go back to the the consumption and extraction Mm -hmm. energy but because part of the important part of this conversation is that it can become really easy to hyper fixate on like oh my goodness like then I must fix this with a supplement Mm -hmm. and it's realistically like when I'm working with with individuals one-on-one um my idea the ideas behind it isn't to get people hooked onto supplements like that's still very allopathic in in any sort of sense it's how can we utilize whole food sources get ourselves to slow down more get into the kitchen come into relationship with actually like cooking and nourishing ourselves and detaching from having food in packages you know like how how can we like slow down Mm. and and that begins to also really shift a lot of things like drinking raw milk consuming eggs again i cannot begin to tell you how long i did not eat eggs and how like when i finally like reintroduced like even just simply egg yolks into my world how much it really like shifted my cognitive function Mm. Mm
0: -hmm. yeah that's funny you bring that up i just ate two eggs a big potato and two pieces of bacon like 30 minutes before jumping on this interview and I was reflecting as I was eating this how long I didn't eat eggs Uh, and I really I actually just started eating bacon within the last year or two but I eliminated eggs probably on and off for three plus years and now in the morning that is what my body a hundred percent craves is especially the yolks. It's it's the fat, the fatty acids, the omegas, like everything. The choline, my body just soaks it up. I can literally feel every single cell just rejoicing and gratitude when I eat eggs. <laughs> I love that reflection. It's so true that's what our bodies do. Mm-hmm.
1: There's there's a really great quote that's been shared on the internet that that has to do with um how our how our cells look at us like gods, like they praise us, like God, like what will you do with that information? And I think that that is such a beautiful thing to bring forward as a orientation, especially in a female body to how we are nourishing ourselves all the time. Um, are we doing this in a way to like bring life into our system or is it just one of those like incredibly extractive exercises? I mean, for the longest time, somebody posed the question to me when I was in college, like, do you eat to run or do you run to eat? Mm
0: -hmm. And it was
1: like, well shit (laughs) I'm gonna be honest I was running to be able to eat and that's a really extractive way of existing yeah and now like I I eat to be able to to exist Mm -hmm. and um and it's been quite a an incredible like shift in my entire like system and my way that I interact with the world the way that I move through the world in just a much more like filled up type of way it's like really untangling from I feel here in California it's very much marketed to us this idea of the mom who lives off of coffee and you know doesn't have any time to cook or to do anything and is also numbing out on lots of alcohol. And it's a very like extractive picture that is being sold to us. And it's, how does that actually feel in your system? Are you able to to anchor into life at all? Like it's been a really interesting thing for me to begin to, um, experience also the way that I show up as a mom Mm -hmm. and the way that I parent, um, just simply from eating Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and eating good, like eating animal sources of foods and, um, you know, nourishing myself 30 minutes, 30 minutes to an hour after waking up and eating, every two to three hours and the way that I'm able to actually like have patience mm. to show up as a mom to support him mm-hmm. like I it, it was I could go on and on <laughs> about this, this stuff but it was a really special thing like this last weekend um I've had people from time to time ask me like, what's bringing you joy these days? And for a really long time, when I was in such a depleted state, um, I found it really challenging to let go and to let loose and to have fun, Mm. which as a single mom, like I play both, both roles. Like I Hold both poles in our family currently between he and I, and so like being able to like let loose didn't feel available to me, and so that's been something that like as I've been on this healing journey and really remineralizing my body and re nourishing myself that I can begin to start to identify and see like oh my goodness you were able to like let go and run around the park and play tag, or he had a friend over this last weekend and the two of them are really sweet and they they asked if I would teach them how to cook and I was like how precious is this but then you know really pausing to think about like how past versions of me may have shown up in that space we got up the next morning and he really wanted to cook me breakfast in bed Mm -hmm. and like letting him like actually do things without me needing to like hover over him or like clean up after him or like fix everything mm. and let him like actually learn that is that is quite a skill set that comes from a particular like cellular energetic that can only occur in a system that is well
0: nourished mm this is all landing for me so, so much, <laughs> so many just like thoughts and feelings and, and yeah, a lot of like emotions coming up for me around that conversation that, and that piece of this around how, when we are resourced, right. When our body is resourced, we can show up more fully in our emotions, we can, we can be emotionally stable. Our nervous system can be settled. We can practice patience and curiosity and joy and gratitude and and all these different states of being that for a lot of people feel really out of reach. Right. And it's, it's kind of this different approach to, to, to feeling happy and to feeling good within our bodies, because I think so many of us, are striving to feel a certain way, right? And we're trying to think our way into feeling joy, into feeling good, into feeling happiness or really practicing patience and slowing down. But what I'm hearing from you and 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 how I felt about it, but I guess just not really in this way. It's never I've never thought about it in this way before is that When our body is well mineral, well mineralized and well nourished, we're actually able to really ground into ourselves and into our body and into our life. And we are really almost living in abundance. Like our cells are are living in this state of abundance. And it makes so much sense. Like every (laughs) everything is is really clicking for me here within just this dialogue and yeah, it's like, it's very, it's very much landing.
1: <laughs> it, it was really, I was on a walk yesterday and it really like hit me um, just in witnessing the way that I've shown up in the world in a lot of different capacities. Cause man, I was so addicted to drama. I had a girlfriend back, I think it was probably like 2017 who I was telling her stuff that was happening in my life. And she was like, it feels like you're addicted to drama. <laughs> that, was, that was potent.
0: Um, addicted and, and to I started the chemicals. Like that's a thing. You can be addicted to the adrenaline, the cortisol, all of it. I know so many people that are just addicted to being in that stress state. And when they're not, their system doesn't know what to do. And they'll just either find or create the next thing so that they can ride that high of oh, adrenaline completely. Completely. Well,
1: and I started to think about it even more yesterday. It came to me when I was on a walk that when we're starving, like even starving for attention, like we will feed off of drama. Mm-hmm. And that is like that stress connection, right? The the cortisol, the adrenaline that we're running off of to satiate ourselves in a different way that is actually just continuing to like exasperate the problem, but it can be a really like good check-in for people. If they find themselves in these spaces of like, you know, collusion, it's a really common bonding technique, especially in the feminine system that like, am I, is my body asking for nutrients? Like, How can I actually like nourish myself, which is, you know, part of this conversation. I have a post that I wrote uh, back in, I think it was April about how you can't supplement your way out of a life that you're being asked to embody. Mm -hmm. And so this is why I I like to shift that orientation as much as possible to how can you, how can we satisfy ourselves with food? How can we begin to like, start to see the way that our, our systems are impacted when we are like cellularly starving for life. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to kind of ground this all down for those who are listening and who are like feeling it and and really excited to, yeah, begin to integrate some of everything that we've shared. What are kind of your first recommendations. I know that the RCP protocol has the starts and the stops, which I can link in the show notes. I have that downloaded onto my computer and it's super helpful for those who just want to kind of, you know, begin their journey. But I guess two questions here and I try to avoid asking two questions at once, but (laughs) here we go. First, how do, how can someone begin to know or figure out you know, what minerals they're deficient in. And two, you've mentioned a few different foods, but what are your favorite mineral packed foods that we can begin to integrate into our everyday diets?
1: Yeah. Great questions. Um, I highly recommend anybody do a hair tissue mineral analysis to be able to see what your tissues are holding onto and then excreting out that in In other words, the way that your body is adapting to and moving through stress, that is what that picture will really tell us, Um, as well as a full Monty blood panel can be additionally incredibly helpful um, for being able to see how iron is being regulated in your system and where some of the, the further dysregulation is occurring inside of the body. A good starting place for individuals is, um, kind of what I talked about too, which is through that, like they refer to it as the pro metabolic lens of like eating 30 minutes to an hour after, after rising eating every two to three hours, some of my favorite foods, they're all animal sourced foods, eggs, amazing, especially I, I tried to really like, um, Emphasize them being pasture raised and corn and soy free. Mm-hmm. Um, so because then they then you know that they are more likely to have all of the amino acids and everything that we like actually need because chickens are carnivores. They're not anything that says that they they've been fed like vegetarian diets.
0: Vegetarian um, fed chickens. They advertise that isn't it wild yeah it's so weird to me sorry to interrupt you <laughs> no, you're
1: you're great um organ meats also incredibly nutrient dense that's if if people spent more time actually just like observing nature they would see that like the entire animal kingdom functions this way what are they eating They're If you watch like a tiger or any sort of those predatory like animals make a kill, the first thing that they are going for are the organs. They're not eating the the muscle meats. And even like in ancient like civilizations, they also often didn't. That was the, the sort of like the scraps of everything. So any organ meats, eggs, uh, animal fats, also incredibly rich, um, raw milk, raw butter. Those are incredible, like prized possessions for cellular function. Um, and also almost a complete, like a complete nutrient dense food full Mm -hmm. of fat, carbohydrate, protein, and the only thing that it's actually missing is iron. And so the raw milk is um really beneficial. Uh seasonal root vegetables as well as fruit, also incredibly nutrient dense. Um and that's a fairly good like framework to work from. Um is really returning to a lot of simplicity and where you are in the world and what is seasonally available to you and then utilizing animal rich sources mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and seafood mm. and
0: seafood, okay. especially oysters <laughs> when they're in season I love oysters so so much there's when we lived down in San Diego there was a place that did uh, dollar oysters on Thursday and my fiance and I would we would order like forty of them, <laughs> just go ham. Um, but thank you for all of those recommendations. Those are all really amazing foods, and it just it it naturally makes my mind gravitate towards how eating in this way will make you dismantle any type of disordered eating patterns that are still present within you, because. I remember, you know, I, I studied nutrition in college and and one of the first kind of, you know, non-mainstream nutritional books, I guess, that I read was the China study, which is, you know, a totally plant forward, vegan based uh, approach to health. And I was aboard the vegan train for quite some time myself and just saw my body spiral so quickly Thankfully, I was able to tune into myself before it got so bad, but I've worked with people who have been be- vegan for so long and their body is crying out for help. And it takes time to replete those minerals, right? To replete those reserves. But just hearing everything you're sharing, I'm I'm just, I, I'm, I'm feeling into the magnitude of yes, eating these foods repletes our minerals and eating these foods requires us to undergo the like psychological and emotional healing that especially a lot of women have around eating animals, eating nutrient dense foods, and actually fully being in right relationship to nourishment. So yeah, there's just, there's a lot that's like moving through my system around that.
1: I mean, we could we could talk so long about like this whole thing, because the other thing that then s- starts to come up too, is the the potential expansion that our body might experience as it starts to go like, Oh, thank you for finally feeding me. Right. And how we navigate that. i I mean, that's been a huge part of my journey of unraveling my orientation to to worth to outward appearance much less like you know actually allowing my body the grace and the space to like take up space in different ways um that feels good for it to do after like being so deprived for so long um as well as like you touched on also the the slowness mm-hmm. this is this is such a common thing and um you know i don't know in your when working with individuals like part of my big reality shift that i really had to kind of pause into was um that i used to do really small containers with people like short time frames mm-hmm. and then i started to realize like well this this gives off the the miss conception that this is going to happen in that small of a time frame when realistically like we're the only way to go about this is slow yeah there's there's no finish line the only path especially like when we've been in a relationship for such a long period of time that has been extractive, it's going to take nearly twice as long to undo that. This was something I've been thinking an awful lot about lately. I was in high school um, at one of my best friend's houses and her mom, we were talking about one of our friends who had just gone through a breakup Her mom asked like, oh, how long were they dating? It was like a year or something. And she's like, oh, well, it's going to take two years to um, get over that. And I was like, and she's like, it always takes twice as long as it took to get there. Mm -hmm. And, and this is a really like, I often have to have this conversation even with myself. Like I danced with an eating disorder for 16 years and it is really common for me to even meet myself in that place of like I just wanted to, wanted to be better yesterday, mm-hmm. and that's not the speed that my body wants to move at.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: this is a slow, slow process, and we have to line those neural pathways with a lot of love, and a lot of grace, and a lot of tenderness to allow ourselves to really exist in the way that we were intended
0: to. Mm. Thank you for emphasizing that. Yeah, yeah, the feminine spiral spiral spiral. <laughs> <laughs> the feminine spiralic path is slow, right? The the healing journey is slow and Yeah, to really come back into a place of full nourishment with our bodies, there's it takes time. It's not something that happens overnight. And I am so the same that I want it to be done right here, right now. And it's such a beautiful reminder for myself, and I'm sure everyone listening that no matter where you are, to just infuse your journey with patience because it is going to take time to get back to you know, full place of vitality. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom. There's so many, I'll have to have you on the podcast again because yeah, there's, there's a
1: lot more places that we could go. Oh my gosh.
0: On. I know there was certain questions that were coming into my mind and I was just like, if I ask this, we're going to be recording for another two hours. Yeah. <laughs> and... And yeah, so I'll just have to have you on again because there's, yeah, so many more layers of of wisdom that I would love for you to share here. And just learning from you is such a blessing. Um, The final question that I would love for you to answer is what is for you right now in your life, the most kind of essential and favorite thing that you're doing for your own womb cycle and feminine vitality? Mm -hmm.
1: This is such a beautiful question outside of everything that we've spoken to. The one thing that comes up is really being in relationship with desire and longing, which goes back to that conversation about slowness, too, um and the cultivation of the life that I am already creating and continuing to create but uh, like holding that sensation of like longing and desire without needing to like to fill it mm. um trusting there's right now a a big theme in my life has been like trust slow and desire like those those have been like really present themes which is all and they're all incredibly
0: artfully vague but Mm. I love that thank you where can people find you and do you have any offerings how can people work with you Uh, yeah share how how those who are listening can plug into your work
1: yeah I hang out the majority of the time on Instagram currently, and uh, my Instagram handle is Paris with two R's underscore Hodges. Um, If anybody desires to do either a test reading with me or to be held and supported in more of an intimate one-on-one container, um, I do have an application that can be found on my Instagram account. And that's the best way to get in contact with me and to make sure that we can, we both feel aligned um, to step forward in a collaborative sense together. um, And then some different business things will be shifting coming in 2023. And I'm sure that those will all be shared in due time.
0: Beautiful, thank you for sharing. Well, thank you again, Paris, for being on the podcast and gracing all of us with your knowledge and wisdom. It has been such a blessing. Of course. Thank you, Haley. Yeah. Bye. All right, lovely. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Root Collective podcast. It means the absolute world when you leave a rating or rate the show. So if you found value in today's conversation, please share the message, share the medicine with your community. If you want to plug into all of the magic happening in the collective, feel free to join me on Instagram at Root and Womb Co. And you can check out all of our offerings over at the website, rootandwombcollective.com. I will see you next time.